Heavenly Father, we thank you for your righteous words that are before us this morning. We pray that you would help us to consider them. And Lord, we pray that we would afresh make promises to follow your word and what it says we are to do with our lives as a result of what you have done so many years ago in sending your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, this morning as we approach the Christmas season, and it's well and truly upon us as we see different things happening around us, I thought it'd be good for us as we come together for a Christmas lunch today uh, to look at the forerunner of the Christmas event itself, and that is given here in Luke chapter 1 as John the Baptist comes into the world as well. And so we see the extraordinary events that took place for John the Baptist, uh, the prophet of the Lord who was being raised up to go before the Lord Jesus. We see the events that take place as he comes into the world uh, himself. And we see particularly his father, Zechariah, and what happens with Zechariah as he is confronted in the temple uh, with this angel, the angel Gabriel visiting him. But then we also see Zechariah's response later on as the words of Gabriel come true, as the word of the Lord comes true, and we see the son is born. And then we see Zechariah's response, and we see this prophecy that he gives particularly in chapter 1 from verse 67 uh, through to almost the end of the chapter, where he says a number of extraordinary things about his son and what the son will do, what John the Baptist will do, but we also see what he has to say about the Lord Jesus, the one who his son will be a forerunner of. And I want to look particularly this morning at the words that he speaks about the Lord Jesus in verses 78 and 79. But we'll read from verse 76. In verse 76, it says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. So that's talking about his son. For you will go on before the Lord, before the Lord Jesus, to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God. And then he has this statement which he makes about the Lord Jesus. By which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the path of peace. Here the Lord Jesus is described as a light from heaven. Or in our translation here that he's the rising sun. That he's this light that comes from heaven and illuminates the darkness. And this is a common idea that's given about the Lord Jesus in Second Peter chapter 1. He's described as the morning star. So that glimmer of light that comes in the first hours of the morning. Also in Revelation it talks about him being the bright morning star as well. And the Lord Jesus in his ministry, he describes himself as the light of the world. And he says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We see that Jesus is described as light shining in darkness. And we see it here early on, uh, before even Jesus himself is born, that he is described as this light that would come to those in darkness. And I think it's a wonderful image for us to study and to understand what it teaches us as it describes the Lord Jesus Christ. And for us to appreciate this image of Jesus being this light that comes, we have to understand what is the darkness which his light shines upon. What is the darkness? Who, is, who are these people that are described in verse 79 as those living in darkness? To understand the Lord Jesus' work, we have to understand what it means that people are living in darkness. And then we can appreciate what it means that Jesus shines on those living in darkness. So what is the darkness that people are living in? 
Well, firstly, we understand that Jesus shines on those living in the darkness of ignorance, on those living in the darkness of ignorance. And we even see a hint of that in the ministry of John the Baptist, who is to come before the Lord in verse 77. What does it say? To give his people the knowledge of salvation. People are lacking knowledge of something. And so the Lord Jesus comes and shines on those living in darkness. And we understand this. If someone's in darkness, think of someone who's out in the desert and there's an overcast sky and so there's no light penetrating there. That person is in darkness. And they're in darkness of ignorance as well as the physical darkness that is there around them. They lack knowledge of where they've come from. If it's complete pitch black, they can't tell you where they came from. They can't tell you where they're going. They can't tell you whether they'll be safe in the future. They're living in ignorance while they're sitting there in the darkness in the wilderness. And that is how humanity is. We are in the wilderness of darkened ignorance. People look like they're walking around in the light, but they're darkened in their knowledge of this world. And you just consider the big philosophical questions of life and how people don't have answers to them. They don't know where they've come from. They don't know why they're here. What is the meaning of life? They don't know where they're going and whether they'll be safe in the future. They can't answer those questions because they are ignorant. They lack the knowledge to those answers. It's interesting, this week I was listening to a podcast that was with a group of scientists, and apparently they pulled together some resources, $10 million of resources, to give it as a cash prize to anyone who can answer one of those big philosophical questions. They write on their website, and you can go along and even sign up to win the prize if you like, says the origin of life is the hardest question in science. No one knows how the first cell came about. But there's a simpler, more fundamental question. Where did the information come from? Not only where did the first cell come from, but where did the information come from for that first cell to come into existence? And so they announce a new $10 million prize seeks a definitive answer. And you can go in there and, and you can offer the answer and see if you can win that cash prize. And the fact that this group of scientists are willing to give away $10 million shows how confident they are that nobody can answer that question or only one person can answer that question in the world if there is a possibility of someone, somebody answering it. They're very confident that this is a very difficult question and that the world's living in ignorance as to the origin of humanity. And that shows, by the ignorance of humanity out there about these big questions, it shows that they are living in darkness and how much they lack knowledge of their creator. That's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 18, about humanity. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Isaiah gives an even better image. Uh, Well, not even better, but he gives a wonderful image that I've always loved. Isaiah chapter 1 about the ignorance of humanity towards their creator. The ox knows his master. The donkey, the owner's manger... But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. See how animals put us to shame? An ox knows his master. He knows who he belongs to. The donkey knows his owner's manger. He knows who he belongs to too. But humanity? No. They don't know 
their master. They don't know their owner. So how does Jesus dawn on those living in the darkness of ignorance? Well, the passage tells us. It tells us in verse 79, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Jesus shines on us by guiding our feet into the path of peace. What sort of peace does he guide us into? Well, firstly, we understand the peace of understanding. He grants us understanding. Just as people enjoy peace at dawn because they understand their surroundings, think back to that man in the desert and he doesn't know where he's come from, he doesn't know where he's going, he doesn't know if he's safe, then the sun comes up and he can tell you, oh yes, I came from that mountain over there and I'm headed to that tree over there. He suddenly has understanding as the light comes up and a peace comes into his heart. And that's how we are when Jesus dawns on us. We give a sigh of peace as he gives us understanding of our lives. We know where we came from. We know why we are here. We know where we are going. And we know that we will be safe. That we have knowledge of salvation, as it says in verse 77. Jesus tells us we were created by God. That's where we've come from. Jesus tells us we're here to glorify him. That's the meaning of life. Jesus tells us, We are going to glory if we trust in him. And he tells us that we will be safe eternally. He answers all those big philosophical questions. So there you go. Maybe you want to go and log on to that website and get a $10 million prize. You can tell them. I'll I'll leave it to one of you to try and argue your case and see if those scientists will accept it. But that's the thing. They live in darkness of ignorance, whereas the light of Jesus has dawned on your hearts. And so you understand it if you trust in him. So the baby in the manger that we read in chapter 2 is this glimmer of dawn that's coming as people living in darkened ignorance are going to be granted the peace of understanding. But there's other ways that we can look at this illustration and see how it is fulfilled. What other ways that are people living in darkness in this world? Not just the darkness of ignorance, but also we understand they're living in the darkness of evil. They're living in the darkness of evil. The person who is in darkness, we're thinking pitch black darkness, they make mistakes and they can't correct them. You think of if you're sitting in the darkness and there's other people around you and you move about And someone says, ow, you trod on my toes. And you say, oh, sorry, I couldn't see. Let me get an ice pack for you. And then you bang, and they say, no, you banged my head that time. And you go, oh, I'm sorry. You go around banging into one another in in the darkness there, making mistake after mistake and not being able to correct the mistakes because you can't see to make up for what you've done, to make restitution. And that's how humanity is as well. They not only live in the darkness of ignorance, they live in the darkness of sin. Proverbs 4 verse 19 says, The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. But then Jesus dawns on those living in darkness and guides us into paths of peace. It says there in verse 79, To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is how he dawns on us as we live in evil. What sort of peace? was the peace of the forgiveness of sins. He not only shows us our sins, but he also shows us the way of forgiveness, the way of restitution for our sins. And that is hinted at in verse 77 as well. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. The person in darkness can't, keeps on making mistakes and can't even make up for them. 
But when Jesus illuminates our lives, he shows us our sin. And then he shows us the way of forgiveness of sins. And what is that? Well, it is by his death at the cross. Jesus didn't stay a baby in a manger. He grew up, he lived a righteous life, and then he died the death that his people deserve. Those who trust in him have their sin taken from their shoulders, put on his shoulders at the cross, and forgiveness is granted. And so that is the light of peace, of forgiveness of sins that, trans- that comes upon the people who have been living in darkness previously. They now see that Jesus is the one who has illuminated not only, this, uh, not only illuminated their sins, but also forgiven their sins. It's like when sunshine comes up and exposes mold that's been growing in darkness. And what does the sunshine do? It zaps the mold, and the mold shrinks back and shrivels and dies. And that is how the Lord Jesus is when he rises in our lives. He zaps the sin in our lives, and it shrivels and dies as he continues to show forgiveness to it and continues to show us the way, the righteous ways that we should be going instead of bumping around in the darkness of evil as we've been so accustomed to do. So the bee in the manger, he's that glimmer of dawn of righteousness and forgiveness and also knowledge. But is there another type of darkness that the Lord Jesus rises upon humanity? Well, yes, there's another way that we understand darkness, and that is with death. And that's even given to us in the text in verse 79. Look with me at verse 79. To shine on those living in darkness, and then a parallel statement, and in the shadow of death. In the shadow of death, the grave is a dark place to be. Anyone who's ever woken up in a coffin would know that it's a very dark place to be. I remember uh, reading a horror story when I was a child, a comic, and, uh, and the main hero, he wakes up in a coffin. And it's very scary. I mean, you can still see some light there, uh, but it's a very scary thing. And I remember being quite horrified. I was reading it late at night and being quite scared and wondering what's going to happen to the superhero as he's there in the darkness of the grave. And that is how humanity is. By their sin, by their ignorance, they're actually living in the darkness of a coffin. They're living in the grave. They're dead in their transgressions and sins. They live a life of death, and then they go into the second death of eternity in hell. So then how does Jesus dawn on those living in the darkness of death? Well, he guides them into the path of peace, it says there in verse 79. Well, what sort of peace does he guide them into, those who are living in the shadow of death? Well, it's the peace of eternal life. We've had the peace that is of understanding that he grants. We've seen the peace that he gives of the forgiveness of sins. But he also gives us the peace that comes with eternal life. We are dead in our sins. But then he quickens us by his Holy Spirit and he grants eternal life. We do not go into the second death, but because we believe in him, we have eternal life. We have that salvation, knowledge of salvation that he promises there in verse 77. And so we are like people as we become Christians, as Jesus first sends his light upon our lives and we see the eternal life he grants through faith. We are like people clawing our ways out of the grave, clawing our ways out of the grave and rejoicing as we see the daylight 
We've somehow managed to get the coffin open. We've somehow managed to get out of the tomb or up through the dirt. And we see daylight and we rejoice in it. And that is what we have. If Jesus, if we understand Jesus and he shines on us, we understand that we not only have the forgiveness of sins, we not only understand that we have knowledge of understanding, we have eternal life granted through Jesus Christ. And so the baby in the manger, he's that glimmer of light that gives us that peace that we want. Is there another way that people are in darkness as well? Well, I've got a fourth and final way that we often view darkness, and that's the darkness of depression and despair. Christ shines on those living in the darkness of depression and despair. The person sitting in darkness can get quite depressed. If the sun doesn't come up, if you're in isolation somewhere and you never see light for days after days, you think you'll still be happy and chirpy? No. The person living in darkness can get quite down. I'm actually expecting, it's possible I might experience a bit of this next year when uh, in January I'm going to go over to Israel and then spend a week in the UK as well. And so I'm going to be going from uh, long summer days in Australia to short, cold, dark days over in the Northern Hemisphere. And apparently this is a common problem for those who stay long-term, who go from one uh, season to another in rapid change. Uh, It's called seasonal affective disorder, which spells sad, which is kind of appropriate, seasonal affective disorder, where people are affected by the fact that the days are shorter and they need light therapy. They need some bright sunshine uh, to be, or uh, some light to be generated for them to come out of the sadness that they're in. And that is how humanity is as well. We don't not only live in darkness of ignorance, we not only live in the darkness of our sin, we not only live in the darkness of death, but we live in the darkness of depression and despair. You see, humanity is often depressed by their ignorance of why they're here, where they're going, where they've come from. They're often depressed about the fact that they sin, that they do things wrong, that they hurt others, and they feel the guilt from time to time as God reveals it to them their sin and their guilt. And, of course, they feel the sadness and depression of not knowing whether they'll be safe eternity. What comes after the grave? And as their death gets closer and closer, they can get sadder and sadder and more despairing. So how does Jesus dawn on those in the darkest of depressions? Well, it's by once again guiding them into their feet into the path of peace. And what is that peace? Well, it's the peace of joy that comes It's the peace of joy that comes when you understand that you have a purpose, that you have forgiveness of sins, that you have eternal life, then you can actually be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Sorrowful about many things in the world, but yet always rejoicing. You're like a person who is enjoying that sunshine at the beach. The beach we often associate with lots of sunshine and light because you get the reflection off the water as well. And so it's even more intense. And that's what it's like as the Lord Jesus, as we see him there at the the manger, but then his life as he grows up and we understand more and more about what he has done. It is as the light coming up at the beach and it's getting stronger and stronger and it gives us more and more joy as we understand what the Lord Jesus has done for us and what our place is in his family as we come to him and trust in him. 
So the baby in the manger that everybody celebrates as we come into the Christmas season is this image that we're given here this morning of that baby in the manger is a wonderful image that he is the first glimmer of the dawn of joy and eternal life and understanding and forgiveness of sins. And so the question for you this morning is, has Christ shone on you or are you still living in darkness? Are you still living in darkness? Do you have no peace about the big questions of life as to where you come from, what you're doing here, what's your purpose, where you're going and whether you'll be safe? Do you have no peace about your sin and your guilt? Do you have no peace about your impending death? Do you push it to one side but it keeps coming back that one day you will die? Do you have depression and despair about your life? This Christmas season, cry out to Christ if that is you. Ask for the light of the world to shine upon you. Ask Christ to remove your ignorance as sun lighting up a peaceful path for the man who is lost in the desert. Ask Christ to remove your sin as sun-burning mould in its white-hot heat. Ask for Christ to remove death from you like a person who is climbing out of the grave. Ask Christ to remove your depression and despair as someone experiences the sunshine at the beach and your joy fills their heart. Come to Christ this morning. If there is any chance that you're still living in darkness, come to Christ. Trust in him for the forgiveness of sins that only he can give and then bask in his light. I've experienced the dawning of Christ in my life and it's been a wonderful experience to come out of the darkness and into his wonderful light and the joy that comes with that. And I've seen it in others as they've come out of the darkness of ignorance and their sin and their fear of death and the depression that they experience and despair of this world. I've seen as they've come to understand who Jesus is and what he has done, that they come into the light and experience a joy, a forgiveness of sins, an understanding of who they are and who God is, and they understand also that they have eternal life. You can experience that too. And you can rejoice in the light of the Lord. You can be like a young calf, fresh out of a stall, jumping and leaping for joy, even if it's only in your mind. That's that wonderful image that we had uh, in Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4, that passage that we read before, which speaks of the, the arrival of John the Baptist. Malachi chapter 4, which was page 951. And you see that image there in verse 2. Verse 2 of Malachi chapter 4, page 951. But you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, it's not S-O-N, it's S-U-N. Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Now, I'm not a farmer, so I haven't ever released calves from a stall. But there's this wonderful thing called YouTube. And this week, in the name of Sermon Research, I googled calves released from a stall. And they do jump about with joy when they're released. And there was particularly one video of them. Uh, it was the first after winter and spring had arrived, and they were released from the stall. And it was a fairly big paddock. And they went round just jumping and jumping. He, he'd let the farmer let the calves out before he let out. And he said, mums will come out tomorrow. And the mums were there, and they're all mooing. And he said, you can tell they want to be out there too in the paddock. 
but he let out the calves to experience the, the paddock, I guess, before the mums go in there. And he let them out, and they were just leaping about with joy in the sunshine that they'd experienced after being cooped up in a darkened stall for so long. And that's how we are when the sun of righteousness rises with healing in its wings for us as we understand who Jesus is and what he has done for us and the eternal life we have through his name, we want to leap and kick for joy like those calves released from a darkened stall. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever leapt for joy at the thought of what Christ has done? You can. And if you're a Christian and you have leapt for joy in the past and you have understood something of what the Lord Jesus has done, Keep on rejoicing in the light of salvation that has come to you who lived in darkness. The gleam of light that you have experienced, and it may be only a small gleam at first, it continues to get brighter and brighter. The little baby didn't stay in the manger. No, he grew up and lived a life of righteousness and got brighter and brighter. And the brightness is shown even at his death as he is for three hours of darkness on the cross. That is light coming to us in one sense, because he is paying for our sins there. And then, of course, he dawns with his resurrection and his ascension. And he's now in session, and we look forward to the dawning when he comes in glory and returns to take us with him. So let us, if you're a Christian, let us keep on craving ever-increasing light to remove more of our ignorance. I still feel there's so much darkness in my mind. There's still more of Jesus to shine there, in there and illuminate my mind so I have increased understanding. Crave ever-increasing light to reveal your sin, what you're doing that is against your creator, your redeemer, and increasing light of how he has forgiven that sin through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us crave ever-increasing light by considering the time where we'll pass into life eternal. Yes, we have eternal life now, but we do not experience it in the way that we will. We should be craving that, wanting to go home to the glory that is to come. And let us ever, let us ever crave increasing light to give us greater joy than any of the light therapy can in this world. We have a greater light, a light that is given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let us keep on leaping with joy like a young calf in the morning light. We always have a reason to rejoice as Christians. Yes, this world is hard to live in. There is much sorrow here. There are times when you get really down and really unhappy by the things that are going on. But there's a joy that we always have because there's a light that we always have. And it's that sun, that rising sun that has dawned on us as people living in darkness, but living in darkness no more. Let us come to God in prayer. Let's speak with him. Lord Jesus, we praise you as the light of the world. Thank you for shining your light on ignorant, evil, dead and depressed humans like us. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would dawn on everyone in this room. Reveal yourself to them as only you can. And, Lord, we pray that those that have caught a glimpse of your light and have eternal life through the faith that you grant, oh, Lord, we pray that you would shine upon us with ever-increasing light, exposing our sin, exposing our ignorance, and giving us ever-increasing joy as we look forward to the time where you will call us home. And we pray this in your name. Amen.